0: Welcome to the Storyform Podcast. StoryFormed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child.
1: Hi, my friends. This is Sally Clarkson today, and we are starting a new venture uh, with something that we've been working on for quite a while. Uh, we're going to start a story-formed podcast, and I'm here today with my sweet Sarah Clarkson, who started it. Hi, Sarah. Hi, good to be good to be in Colorado. <laughs> it's fun <laughs> to have her here for a little bit, and my wonderful friend Holly Packham, who loves books as much as we do, and uh, she's going to be working with us on this podcast. And I just wanted to greet them with you. Hi, Holly. Hi, good to be here today. <laughs> fun to all be together. And um, we're actually sitting in my own personal library, which has literally hundreds of volumes of children's books and literature and poetry and Bible study guides and uh, storybooks and all these wonderful things. So we, we can be inspired today, right? Being in the right environment. Absolutely. yes. <laughs> books everywhere. Books everywhere. But uh, we wanted to build on a site that Sarah started a few years ago called StoryFormed. Holly has prepared some great questions for us to answer together, but I just wanted to let you know that we're hoping, to, if we get some great feedback from you and hear from you once in a while, to see if this would be a fun uh, opportunity for you to hear some of our ideas about books and the importance of story and why we think that education and reading to our kids is so profoundly important for them. So, Holly, you want to take away some of your questions? Go go, go ahead. Yes.
0: First, I'd just like to say that I'm so grateful for the Clarksons, for their whole family, for inspiring me and my husband and my kids for so many years through Mm -hmm. their books and um, that so many of our book ideas and things over the years have come from them. So it's just so fun to be able to talk about all this today. Thank you. (laughs) So Sally, all Mm -hmm. four of your kids are writers and communicators in their Mm -hmm. professions and vocations. Um, They've traveled into adulthood with story-formed hearts, as you like to say. Um, So what, thinking back over the years, what was part of your original vision for educating your children this way?
1: That's a great question. Uh, I am probably as passionate about uh, reading and literature and stories and words as I am about discipleship because I think they kind of intertwine together. And uh, when I was pondering how to educate my children uh, and how to capture their minds and their imaginations with great ideas, I thought, how can I expose them to the best authors, the best artists, the best stories, the best Bible uh, stories, in such a way that I'll capture their imagination, that I'll lay a foundation of education. And I used to picture their hearts, as many people have heard me say before, as treasure chests, and I thought, how can I so invest memories, stories, ponderings, great ideas in the treasure chests of their hearts, so that the rest of their lives they would be able to draw from the great resources that I had built there? And uh, I was so insecure as a young mom, uh, doing all these idealistic things that I thought, I don't know if this is going to work or not. And I was just sitting at the table the other night, as everybody has been home for uh, the Christmas holidays. And I was just listening to everyone, every single child, and also Sarah's uh, new husband. And they were talking about the most amazing ideas and books and theology and convictions. And they're all very engaged in great thinking and in writing. All of them at this point, at this very moment, have a book contract. And uh, I think that the Lord has done exceedingly more than I thought by simply laying a foundation of giving them a love for learning and for literature and for stories. And so I, uh, I just gathered books everywhere from secondhand shops and from library sales, and I would order things online and literally surrounded my home uh, in every corner with books and stories and art books and uh just really wanted them to have their minds established and stretched on great literature and uh i i just am thrilled to see how we planted those seeds and all of those seeds have grown into such great minds uh in my children and so uh it was just a it began with a dream uh i was neurotic about uh, really being sure to read to my children all the time and they just blossomed in that environment.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's obvious to me that all that you're saying is true. And just knowing them, I can attest to this <laughs> wonderful gift that you've given them. Hmm. And I can attest to the fact that you have books everywhere in your house. <laughs> and everywhere that is true. Uh, they're even piled
1: right now. We need to get rid of some of them.
0: <laughs> so, Sarah, how did you come up with this, um, this, this word or term, story formed? Um, I
2: think... Well, I guess it. I guess the whole concept started for me when I uh, started working on "Read for the Heart," which was a book I did. Um, well, the book started ten years ago. Though I guess it's been about seven by now. But um, at the time, I had gone to. Um, I'd heard Dana Joya, who was the the head of the National Down De- for the Arts, give a talk on um, reading as being um, on the decline in every area of American society, and so that kind of gave gave rise to that initial book. But the more I did the research for that book onto how how children's minds and souls are formed by reading the more mm-hmm. I began to see the this thread of how narrative and how story it, it wasn't just giving children information it was giving them identity and so I mm-hmm. think for me the whole idea of the story formed life came about because I was thinking about how great stories I think it, it goes straight to how we conceive of ourselves mm-hmm. um, it's true if if we haven't ever come across the idea that we are part of a story then we have little reason to be a hero or to act as a hero or a heroine and I think the more I looked into how um, reading narratives and how engaging with um, characters, I mean if you think about the connection between the word character and a story and the formation of character, yes, I think that absolutely. you, you very much, children You know, concepts of goodness or bravery or just vague abstract things until they see a Lucy who's brave in Narnia or a Frodo who's Mm self-sacrificing or um, things like that. So I think the story-formed concept for me came as I was thinking beyond just education. I mean, which is a huge part of reading. I mean, Mm -hmm. gaining vocabulary, gaining. There's so many things I could say at an educational level, but it was as I started thinking on a more of a soul and mind and inner self level Mm -hmm. that I started to recognize. That stories form self, and so this idea of a story formed life was something I wanted to make possible for parents but I think it also came with the realization that that's something that's a gift in many ways yes. and I think that mm-hmm. I received this kind of story formed identity from my parents but I think that for people maybe who didn't grow up with that or who didn't come from that background of having lots of stories it's something that you need someone to help you begin and kind of begin to recognize your own story and go forward in that. So I think that's what the story-formed concept and book and website came out of.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I grew up in a home where we, we read some, and um, I always saw my dad and my grandpa reading, which was a huge, huge gift, but I think mm-hmm. I didn't always know what to read, and so mm-hmm. this idea of reading great books that have yeah. these ideas that um, lead you beyond yourself into mm-hmm. these ideas of thinking about virtue and um, is a huge gift that I'm hoping to pass to my kids. Um, what would you say to to some of our listeners who maybe kind of in my situation where they thought I didn't really um, completely have this idea or this mm-hmm. gift in my own life, but I hope to give it to my children? Mm-hmm. What what ideas would you have for parents or Sally? Would what would you have to speak to that?
1: Well, I think uh, as I look at my children, I didn't have a lot of experience at this, though I remember. Mm-hmm. When I was in fifth grade, I had pneumonia for four months. I was in and out of the hospital, and someone gave my mom a wrinkle in time for me to read. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that book in my bed because I I was kind of the same way. My mom collected some books. You know, we had the Bobsy Twins, and we had Nancy Drew Detective Stories, and we had some landmarks. But Uh, I don't remember in general as a family culture that we read. And Mm -hmm. so when I got A Wrinkle in Time, oh my goodness, it just, it was like a fire in my heart. I thought, I feel like these kids, I feel like I'm that odd person out there, uh, you know, living this life when everybody else is bouncing the ball to the same rhythm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's a a highly recommended book in our family. You you must read it. I
0: love it too. But I just remember
1: (laughs) being in bed and and reading that and... Mm -hmm. I loved entering that world, and uh, then I remember, uh, like a year or two later, someone gave me the book Christie, mm-hmm. and the third one was uh, was where the red fern grows. Mm-hmm. All three yeah. favorite books, but I remember that I felt like I was hungry mm-hmm. for relationships and adventure and meaning, and these books fed me. I remember thinking, I love this. It's a part of my life I would really love to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think that anyone who has a desire is what I was like. I wanted my kids to have more than I had. I realized Mm -hmm. when I was an adult, I didn't feel very educated around very many educated people in Austria. Uh, I didn't know what the best books were. But because of my own hunger... Mm -hmm. then I just would find every resource I could. I'd read every every article I could, and I found Honey for a Child's Heart, and I read uh, research from the Smithsonian Institute about the most important part of geniuses was reading Mm -hmm. to them and giving them lots of time to play uh, on their own. And so I, I literally, maybe it's because of my insecurity that my kids became so profoundly strong in words and stories because Mm -hmm. I wanted to be sure I did enough (laughs) But uh, so I I literally filled every corner in our house with books and magazines and books on tape and every Christmas uh, they would get stories but I think one of my funnest memories in light of this is to get a new book that somebody had recommended and not all books hit with every family but I would gather the kids on my couch, and after they got through with the, uh, he touched my toe, he's on my side of the pillow part, um, then they would sit there, and they would engage and be mesmerized and by these stories, and then they would discuss them, and uh, I'm going to tell just a little bit of a side about you right now, because um, I, I want you to go into that too, but Sarah was so easy for me, and not all children are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I started reading to her literally the day she came home from the hospital. Uh, you know, it was silly. But uh, I read and read and read and read to her. And by the time we did all these reading contests because I wanted her to love it, by the time she was five or six years old, she was reading books that were hundreds of pages. And I thought, oh, my goodness, she's gonna, she's going to overwhelm me and and go way beyond me because I don't even have time to read that many books (laughs) so what do you remember about all that Sarah and uh, because I think I was a mom who didn't have the experience but you didn't know that Mm-hmm. No,
2: I think children children accept the world that they're given. And so I think they have no idea if you're experienced or not or what mm-hmm. you know or don't know. They just know that you've given them a book to read. And so in that sense, I just devoured whatever book was laid near me. And since there were baskets and baskets of books, I just read those books mm-hmm. and read more as you gave them to me. And I think along with the whole idea of if you've never had this before, um, I would never have known that you ever felt inadequate in that because I we had a perfectly full house of books. And I think... <laughs> Um, children are naturally curious in that sense. But I would also say along with that, um, I think it's really important to think of the reading life not as something that's a specialty item for some people. Right. So it's not mm-hmm. a you need to go to college or you need to have... So true. It's not a, you know, a taste in fine art or gourmet food. We are all people of words. The more mm-hmm. I study theology, because I've spent the last two years studying theology, surprise, surprise, <laughs> after all those <laughs> books I read as a child. Um, but the more I'm aware of how... To be human, to be made in the image of God is to be people of language and words. And we are formed by words, whether we read stories or not. And Mm -hmm. part of the idea of becoming a reading life is to be very purposeful about the words that you use to form your life but in that sense all people are people of words all people are people of stories it's not a specialty thing just start reading i mean pick up a picture book and read it with your children um and read for enjoyment i mean if it's if it's a difficult or a new thing read what delights you and then move forward as you gain i I think don't start with 800 page dickens novels if you if you, if you're new to the thing start with um with books that you love that you can enjoy as a family, and don't be discouraged if there's some you don't like. Choose something else.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: a professor I really like and um, recently, or a couple, several years ago, wrote an article, and he taught literature, and he basically said, "Look, if you're not going to read because you're not enjoying the book, then read what you like to read. The whole point is to read to enrich and nourish and to broaden your view of the world and to to engage afresh with the reality around you to see your own life as mm-hmm. full of wonder and story." And mm-hmm. so, I, I think that's what I would say. And
0: I think too that um, I. have I've, as I've become an adult and realized some really great picture books out there mm-hmm. and even simple, easy chapter books that I hadn't read, that those, even as an adult, have, oh, as I'm reading, them with their, great, I'm reading yeah. them with my kids and thinking, oh, I never knew this book existed. <laughs> and I'm delighting in that just as yeah. much as they are and want to keep reading those over. And so Absolutely. I think even as adults, we can, you know, isn't it C.S. Lewis that has a quote about yes. the best children's books are loved by Children, and I'm probably picturing yes. it, but children and adults alike. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the best books we want to keep reading over and over again. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, okay. absolutely. I think that's so true. And I, I feel like children aren't perfect. They don't just say, I'm going to sit here perfectly still. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I always would give the kids something to do or play with or draw yes. as long as they could narrate back to me. But uh, I'm
2: 32, and I still scribble in my theology lecture classes. But, <laughs> but my husband, who's a teacher, told me that
1: that's fine because it actually helps you to concentrate. So. Helps yeah.
0: your brain focus. <laughs> exactly. Well, yes. I know, and
1: Nathan and I have this book coming out that I'll be talking about more and more um, called Different, but uh, he has sketches all through the, the book that um, will be in the book when people get it. And he actually became practice at sketching and drawing and putting ideas of what he was hearing on a page by hours and hours and hours of sitting with us, and so his artisticness developed out of sitting still, you know t- trying to pay attention for mm-hmm. a few moments and drawing out all of the the knights in shining armor and the little boys who were on the wild horses or whatever it was, the drawing part helped him to concentrate and then he became somewhat of an artist. Mm.
2: And that's the whole goal of reading, I think, though, is to engage and broaden imagination so that your own self is broadened with possibility. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something to be done in a vacuum or to acquire a bunch of ideas. It's, it's to make your own life richer, fuller, to make your own idea of what's possible even larger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true.
1: hmm Sarah, you should tell them what you're doing now. What I'm doing now? Well,
2: um, I am currently living in Oxford in a little house with a garden with a rose bush and a red door, which is great fun. <laughs> so I feel like I'm living in a Elizabeth Gooch storybook, who's one of my favorite authors. But um, I'm I'm in my last year of um, studying for theology um, at Oxford, but. Uh, when I finish that, I'm going to be actually writing. I've, I've just arranged to write a book for women. Um, so basically, a book on books for women as well. Because I think that ch- I, the more I study childhood formation and how books and stories form children. I just think everyone needs to be doing this. So true. Yes, all people absolutely. do. And so I want to do a book on books for women that meets them where they are and has stories and poetry and theology and input on all sorts of things to um, just, yeah, help women become readers, to self-educate, to enjoy, to broaden. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So that's what I will be doing in the next year. It's where I am right now. At the moment, though, I have two more finals to get through at
1: the end of this year. So y'all can, you know, for Root that. for me from afar. <laughs> Pray for me. Yeah, which is why she's not going to be as active here, and Holly and I are going to take the wheel. Actually, Holly is going to take the wheel, and I'm going to cheer her on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Woo, Go, Holly! <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the idea of what Sarah's book is going to be because I think um, as, as I've tried to develop this this idea of giving my children a story form life, I've realized how important it is for me mm. to feed myself um, great theology and great books. Um, so that I can continue to learn in order to feed them, but then also to I realize how important modeling is, and that if I'm if they're not really seeing me engaged in reading mm, and learning, yeah. then they may not be as apt to carry that on in yeah. there as they move forward into adult life. So I'm really excited about Sarah's book, and I think so many so many parents and women will be will Thanks. be excited oh, about I think it. So Pretty excited too.
1: Well, I did want to make one more point. Um, also, Clay also. I don't know about Glenn, but Clay did not grow up reading, and now he does read. You know, he has Mm -hmm. this little chair, and he sits there every day. But uh, I think that one of the things that Clay and I have been inspired to remember is that Jesus was a storyteller. Right. He said, once upon a time, basically, there was uh, a widow or a poor woman who lost her coin or the sheep that was lost in the middle of the night. And we we look back at uh, the Old Testament, and all of our inspirational stories are. David was the youngest of this large family of boys, and and um, they all left him at home when there's a great battle against a giant. And but it was when David was alone that he learned how to fight a lion and and overcome a bear out in protecting his sheep. And I mean, these are great stories. And uh, once upon a time, there was a man and a woman named Adam and Eve in this beautiful garden. Or and and I think that if God understood that a part of inspiring our heart was to give us uh, consequences of people's choices and great heroes and people who were uh, cowards and, and, and so on, if that's the way that he wrote his book, mm-hmm. so that our lives would be transformed, so that we could understand by imagination what goodness was by listening to heroes, then that was also a way that I really think my children fell in love with God. So story isn't just for education or separated for virtue, just, yeah, from, yeah. A, from a spiritual life, but mm-hmm. uh, stories are the foundation of children being able to imagine what God is like mm-hmm. and how they're going to respond to Him and what choices they're going to make. And so I really paid close attention also to the stories of Scripture, and we would act them out with all of our heart. Once upon a time there was a great giant who came into the land and it uh, didn't start naturally at first and play as a introvert. and He didn't always do that, but now he does. I mean, uh, Joel, even our introvert picked it up and became a storyteller. Uh, Mm -hmm. he, he records books on tape and, Mm -hmm. but the more fun, the more you can throw yourself into it, Mm -hmm. the more excited I think Mm -hmm. children become. Mm -hmm. You've probably done that with
0: your kids. We have. Yes. My kids love, make believe, love acting out Bible stories, any sort of stories that that's sort of natural for them to go to that. And what I also love about what you said about the Bible and how Jesus told stories was that he didn't just say, you need to love, or you need mm, to be kind, or give right. these things that were, uh, you know, that, that a child Commandments. Wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't know, what does that even mean? Yeah. But he told a story to Showed. show that. And so it's mm. this subversive way of helping <laughs> helping us understand, right? Yeah. Helping us see, have an imagination for something.
1: Yeah, and, not just to hear what we're supposed to do, but right. to imagine how it works itself mm-hmm. out in the story mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely i agree good point is it um, about where are we on our time holly
0: i think we're about ready to wrap up and
1: well we've got so much more to say maybe we should just go ahead and record another podcast maybe
0: we should <laughs> <laughs> yes, sarah's we'll do with us and maybe won't be always with us on our on our all of our next podcasts you have any final thoughts I I just think I would
2: reiterate what I said about um, just realizing what what people of words God created us to be. We are made the image of God. He sent the living word in Christ. We are people whose whole lives are are meant to be stories. And I think going back to what you're saying about Scripture, that's how we engage. I've been so struck in these these theological theological studies. And it's funny, you know, you use very academic words for very normal concepts. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in a class on liturgies. And what that just really means is Mm -hmm. the rituals and the rhythms by which we we live life. But what I've been realizing about... a lot of that. And if you look in scripture and you you have um, the Jewish, the Shema, hero Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord is one. These words they were supposed to say every day of their lives. And I think that what that was doing was cueing them into a story. And God was aware that the words that we speak on a daily basis, the stories we inhabit, shape our identity and our understanding of ourselves um, and our understanding of him and who he is. Mm -hmm. And so I think in that sense, there's kind of this this holy enchantment to stories and that they mm-hmm. they help us to come alive to God's presence to who he is to oh. our own capacity in the world right. and in that since i think it's it's kind of almost a sacred calling to be story formed i think every person was meant to be story formed and that I think reading children's books is part of that larger that larger mm-hmm. vision and um, and vocation of, of all people to become mm-hmm. story-formed and to live mm-hmm. something, um, to live out a great narrative for the Lord. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's that would be what I'll I'll, I'll end that's, with.
0: That's wonderful. Sarah, is there, if our listeners want to keep up with you, mm-hmm. is there a place where they can go to, to read yeah. things you're writing or to find out what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, you can just go to sarahclarkson.com. And uh, right now that'll point to my blog, which is Thoroughly Alive, which I've been writing on for quite a while. But I'm hoping to, you know, get creative and get extra time and actually build some some new website kind of stuff soon. But, yeah, saraclarkson.com is the place to follow
0: me. Wonderful. Perfect.
1: Well, thanks, Holly and yeah. Sarah, for starting us out on this new venture. This and is exciting. And yeah, We're going to do at least one or two more together before Sarah goes back. But we hope that this will be an encouragement to you because we love to – be able to bring um, inspiration to your home as you're raising a wonderful, godly generation. So we'll see you soon.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our Storyform Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be story formed.